All right. So Charlie, our guest on this episode, you're from Slidell, right? Yes, sir. I am uh, from Slidell. I went to North Shore High. If, uh, yeah, that North Shore anybody. High School. Circus anybody, they can, you know, leave the podcast. <laughs> he's from the well, he's, he's from the dirty. He's from the dirty, but the wrong part of the dirty. Oh, he's from the North dirty Shore. With a, oh, he's from the dirty with an I? Right right by Fremo. You know? He's not uh, from the dirty with a U? Yeah, all right. So I'm already mad at North Shore because high school rivalries and stuff like that. This goes over the head of most of our audience because yeah. this is Slidell specific. Real, real great. Yeah. The three listeners we have in Slidell are very excited right now. But also, Fremo specifically took all the stores out of the North Shore Square Mall. They all moved to Fremo. They all moved from Slido High Territory to North Shore Territory. Ooh. So I'm even more upset now that you've dropped a, a street <laughs> name. We're taking um, over. I mean, uh, back when we played in 2013, I don't know if you uh, were at Slido back then. but uh, yeah, Just pretty, after I left, a bit after Evan did. Pretty crazy brawl that's uh, pretty well covered up and... Uh, I'd say we, even though we didn't win the game, we, we won. We won. The you brawl. won the brawl, though. <laughs> yeah. And I, I would point to the fact that the scoreboard had more points on the Slide L side, although that wasn't true this past year. We got into it a little bit on Twitter after North Shore beat Slide L this past year. It's crazy because uh. um, this was the first year since 2011, so way back when when I was there, that North Shore beat Slide L at Slide L. I didn't realize that. The home winning streak for the Tigers have gone back that long. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's this is in Texas, by. so I haven't followed high school football as closely as possibly I should have. Yeah. <laughs> wow, so, so we got two Tigers on the podcast. <laughs> yep. You're outnumbered. That's how we're starting off this show, <laughs> with that kind of energy. We're already putting you in the hot seat. It's fine. We're all bulldogs, so we can we can get blown. Hell yeah. yeah. There we go. Yeah, that's the positive twist we need to end this intro. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Go Tech Please Don't Die podcast, a show devoted to tech going and hopefully not dying. I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. I'm Matt. So guest Charlie. Yeah. I, I, every time we need to have this conversation about whether or not to join in or not, because I'm always interrupting the guests. This week we have on... Charlie, uh, you want to introduce yourself and and say your connection to tech and tech football specifically? Hey, I'm Charlie Adiola. I played football, uh, Louisiana Tech, from 2015 through 2018. I played defensive tackle, uh, defensive end. I played a little nose guard from here and there. But um, yeah, and excited to have you on the show this week. Kind of go over some. Uh, Skip Holtz era football. Uh, There's uh, a lot of good things happening while you were on campus at Louisiana Tech. But before we get started with all of that, I kind of want to take a a moment of silence for a couple of your teammates. Um, This past week, or uh, at least the past couple weeks, uh, the news came out that Emmanuel Turner, former Tech Bulldog, and your former teammate passed away. And right around the anniversary of Jay Ferg's untimely death as well. And so before we start the show, we want to take a moment to remember both Jalen Ferguson and Emmanuel Turner, who are both taken from this world too soon. So we're going to take a moment of silence real quick before we get started here. And so, yeah, you work, you played alongside, practiced alongside both of those guys. And so I guess kind of to get into it from here, what was it like to practice alongside, to just be teammates with with those two guys and, and really just the rest of the names we would recognize from that era. It was a blast. 
every day. Like some days didn't even feel like practice. We were just out there having fun. Um, Jalen and Emmanuel were both guys that were full of life. You know, we I have so many great teammates I can list off. You know, Milton, he plays for the Eagles. Uh, Vernon Butler, he's still in the league. Uh, Von Terry's daughter, he um, kind of bounced around a little bit in the league. Um, bunch of names, you know, there's so many people I could mention. But uh, every day at practice, I mean, we were just kicking offense and just – you know, every day there was some type of joke. There was like always a smile on everybody's faces. So everybody was just full of life. And, uh, you know, those times were like the best times of Louisiana Tech football, in my opinion. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I mean, that's that's really kind of a golden era that you played through, right? Those those years of the bowl streak, um, you know, going going to a conference championship game in 2016, obviously, you know, and playing with a bunch of guys that are in the league still, or, you know, we're, we're in the league for a little bit. So really a great opportunity to talk to you about that era of Bulldog football and Skip Holtz and all this, you know, all the guys you played with. So we're, we're really happy that you're here, man. Um, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. Yeah. To read from your bio for a second, just so you can correct me if I get anything wrong here. Uh, you walked on and redshirted at tech in 2015. Uh, I believe you redshirted that, first year in 2016, but then played three games each in 2017 and 2018. Uh, Commissioners on a roll in 2016, 17, 18, and 19, and got your bachelor's degree in agricultural business management in 2019. I got that part from your LinkedIn bio, by the way. Uh, Turns out you can do a lot of research just based off of LinkedIn. Um, And like we said, uh, you played alongside names like Jalen Ferguson, Emmanuel Turner, uh, Willie Baker is another guy. And then I believe Vernon Butler and Vontavious Dora were your redshirt year, Uh, especially those last two names to start with. Having them there only for your real first year there, I imagine they were kind of solidified as the guys, the starters, the big names on campus kind of thing. What was it like working with with those guys coming in as a freshman? Coming in as a freshman, it was a uh, it was a big learning curve because um, coming from a high school like North Shore, where um, learning football was kind of second to like making plays and um, contributing to the team was, um, was a little different. So coming into the college atmosphere and having to um, learn the ins and outs of playing def- defensive line and knowing how to watch film and watching these guys coming in day in and day out, you know, um, busting their tail and watching film and, you know, really teaching me how to you know, learn the scheme of the game was uh, phenomenal. You know, uh, to walk on, you know, a lot of walk-ons, they don't get credit. You know? and, and I will point this out that um, scout team is like very crucial to a development of a young player. Cause you get to see all the different, all the different, defenses like you you know you get to play in the three four defense four three defense depending on what um team has uh, prepared defensively against the offense you know you get to learn those different schemes and uh it really develops you as a player you know so it's like an unsung hero because uh you get to the games and guys like uh, vernon butler going against um you know the future like the ethan reeds of the world uh, and they're really giving out good looks and uh, making sure you're getting the best look on Saturday. Because when they get to Saturday, they're well prepared for whatever the offense or defense has prepared for. So how did how did you like study what the other team's defense was going to present 
so you're on the scout team, right? For the, for the defense. Um, so you're practicing like against the first string tech offense. So how did, how did you like install that? I mean, that must be really challenging to like learn a new defense and be ready to practice it. You know, after you just had a game a couple of days also ago, having right? to um, hold on to our defense, you know, you also have to learn our defense and then the other team's defense. So offense would have a strategy. So if we're playing a team that blitzes a lot, runs a lot of blitzes, we learn all the different blitzes that they would run. Or if they were in the three down front, we would learn how to play the three down front. And let's say I was at the end. So you know, offense would want you to have certain looks like need to squeeze down if there's a down block or um, if they're stunned and crossing over the uh, guard's face, you need to cross the guard's, guard's face. So uh, when you move over to the defensive side and you have to practice the um, scheme of our defense, um, really practicing the other team's defense helps you because you can practice some stunts that we may not run, but you have that um, experience to, to know that you um, – practice stunting into a gap and you know you can work your different moves to get into that gap forget that interesting you know so hearing all that it's like good lord you know it's like it's like you would think football's hard enough uh and then i remember john madden's quote that 80 percent of the game was half mental and uh (laughs) i i hear everything you're saying i'm like God, that just sounds so much harder than what a lot of people think football really is because when i watch games my wife she occasionally does look at the TV. She's like, this is so stupid. They're just running into each other. I was like, no, it's uh, a lot more than that. (laughs) (laughs) This feels more like a dragging your wife than a question. (laughs) No, this isn't really a question. It's just an observation that football is a lot tougher than people make it out to be. Yeah, the more I've heard about the scout team, the more it feels like they're the unsung heroes of of everything, right? You, You have to... You don't play to your strengths. You play to what you believe the other team's strengths are and try to replicate those. And that's a whole nother level of. And, and you know, it's just like uh, anything, you know, if you want to move into a leadership position or move into, you know, getting some playing time on the field, you, know, you got to be able to uh, serve others first before you can uh, get your opportunity. So when I was able to get my opportunity on the field, um, the game speed, I was used to it, um, learning how to stunt. On uh, you know, live uh, offensive tackles or offensive guards, it really helped to practice that uh, so many times instead of just going out there and uh, okay, this is the plenty to run my play. You have that knowledge of um, how the offense works, and um, you can really you know progress your game further. That's why um, the redshirt year is pretty crucial in development of players. You know, but it's always up to the players. So if you go to the scout team and you just you know messing around and you're not trying to get better you're not trying to get the offense um good looks and you have 100 and uh yeah, you're really just wasting your time right that makes a lot of sense and then of course you you eventually started appearing in games um in your final two years in 27 and 2017 and 2018 playing in three games each um i, I pulled up your bio from uh, latexsports.com and it mentioned you had the final sack in the hawaii bowl in 2018 and of course tech played in bowl games throughout your time on campus uh, was the hawaii bowl the best just because it was in hawaii and you had a sack in that game or or what was really the best bowl game experience that you had i'd agree while at tech? hawaii bowl is the best bowl game i've ever experienced or ever been in because 
you go to Hawaii and uh, everybody's thinking, you know, it's a vacation and, and all that. But uh, when we get there, it's it's almost us against the culture. You know, the people are very friendly and uh, they welcome us to do everything. But when they get there, they have a certain pride that, you know, being from the island, having their um, prestigious school going against another team. It's like the, the mainland versus the island. So, you know, we came in with our backs against the wall and there were some days we were distracted and, um, you know, <laughs> the players gave like a, a passionate speech or uh, Coach Holtz gave a passionate speech before we got into the game. Like, we need to snap out of this. Like, we're not in paradise. We came here to play a game. You know, it was crazy because we, we get off the plane and, you know, we're just living in paradise for a week. And, uh, you know, we run as soon as we get off the plane and um, <laughs> and we're like, okay, we're, we're actually here for a game. So uh, I remember it's a 30 minute drive from where we're staying to, uh, I think the stadium's now, you know, gone, but it's 30 minute ride to the stadium. Yeah, it's been, <laughs> yeah. we're just I, don't know too good. Been, I don't know if it's been torn down <laughs> yet. It, it was in pretty bad shape, even probably back then, huh? Yeah, it was... Um, the, the turf was getting, you know, some wear and tear on it. But anyways, you know, we get to the stadium and uh, we had our tour guide. So it, it kind of sucked because our tour guide was against us, but he had a job to do. He was our tour guide. <laughs> <Dang>. <laughs> so, <you> know, <laughs> yep. We get to we get to the stadium and, uh, you know, I just feel this different energy. It, it was like a feeling from God. It was a feeling from God. And, um, I just had this feeling like something special is going to happen to me. Something special is going to happen to the team that we're going to win this game. So it's seven to three at halftime. If y'all remember correctly, we had a bunch of turnovers, like turnovers that should never happen. Everybody's probably thinking, oh, you know, it's, this is going to be a long game, seven to three, a high flying Hawaii offense. But you got to remember, we had one of the top defenses back in 2018. So I go into the locker room and it's uh it's halftime and I'm like, you know, I got this feeling from God, we're gonna win this. No worries. So we go in and it's just focused. Like this is probably the quickest halftime I've ever been through. So we go out and uh offense explodes, you know, Jamar. Jamar's a great job of setting up the offense and Jaquise has that big screen run to uh you know, put some points on the board. Mm. And we get I remember that like it was yesterday. Yeah. Then we get a little worried because, you know, the yeah. punt gets blocked. But we're uh, pretty far off where uh, we have the Hawaii offense pretty locked up. So I get in the game. And everything turns around. <laughs> no. Um, so during practice, I, I practiced like a sack dance or, or whatever. And I had a sack earlier in the season against Southern. So I'm not even thinking about that. Um, my first, I think it was first down. You know, I get close to sacking the quarterback, and I'm in a three technique. And I believe Matt Yadarga, he gets the sack. And, um, the offensive tackle was on me. So the next play is called go. And uh, I know I'm supposed to be in the three, and I'm sorry, Coach. So if, you, if you're hearing this, Coach Petrie, uh, I was supposed to be in the three, but I was in the one technique. <laughs> so uh, I'm cognizant that uh, – I have a little more freedom that I'm going to fool the offensive guard. So I cross the offensive guard's face and I do a long arm and I sack the quarterback. <laughs> I do a little sack dance and, uh, you know, I'm looking at everybody that, like, I just had a sack in Hawaii. And the crazy thing about it was 
you know, Jalen broke the sack record earlier in the game. And Jalen, he didn't really care about the sack record because he cared that I got a sack, which was was phenomenal. So um, it was it was great. So uh, oh, man, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, it was actually Willie Baker who had the sack the play before you, according to the official box score, at least uh, making it his fourth of the night. And I remember as a fan thinking, I'm excited because, yeah, Ferguson, this is his final year here. He'll be playing in the NFL after this. Willie Baker's going to take over here, but even he doesn't get the last laugh on his historic night of four sacks. You have the last sack of the game. One of the consequences was uh, of being in the wrong gap, which I eventually got to the right gap, was getting chipped. And, you know, I didn't even feel the chip until I got on the plane. I was like, oh, Lord, I haven't felt this pain <laughs> in years. So, anyways, like, uh, after the game, you know, we're shaking hands, and the offensive guard I went against, like, I never heard this before in my life. He comes up to me, and he's like, you know, you only got the sack right because my finger was hurting. I was like, come on, dude. Like, if you told your <laughs> offensive line coach that, yeah, if you told your offensive line coach that, you would be – Third string. So uh, he only got wow. the sack because his finger hurt. I'm gonna start telling my boss the only reason I couldn't get this stuff done today is because my finger hurt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you know, we we finished the game and like uh, I don't know, it felt like a movie. Like it didn't feel like the game was real because in, in the whole swing of things, this is like okay, this is probably my last game playing a tech, and I just end of the game on national television doing like a crazy sack dance in front of everybody. <laughs> like I'm going to get, <laughs> try to find a video of this. Oh, it's, on, it's on my Twitter, but I'm just thinking like, when I get on the plane, like a bunch of people, like, you know, it's late over on the mainland. Like a bunch of people aren't going to see that, you know, but you know, my phone's blowing up. Like <laughs> you got a sack, like it did this crazy dance on ESPN. Like it was, uh, it was unbelievable. And you no, know, the 2016 Armed Forces Bowl, I'd probably be second, you know, just because of the walk-off field goal. But the Hawaii Bowl is always going to hold so many great memories well, in my heart, you know. With- the Hawaii Bowl was incredible. I mean, for a lot of different reasons, it kept the streak going, and Berg got the record and all that cool stuff. But uh, there's one that surely you were there for the massacre against SMU. Yes, I was. Um, Sonny Dykes versus Skip. One of my favorite uh, uh, Snapchat screenshots that still gets freaking brought up at the GTPDD chat came from that night. <laughs> where, uh, yeah, you know, I just, I just want to thank yeah. the band for a uh, great performance in Neck. Oh, man. After That's one of my favorite. Because, uh, I wish I had still been at Tech. I graduated yeah. a long time before that, but. That was the year yeah, after that, I was there, I believe. That was like, man, seeing y'all go over there and, and like, you know, jump into stands and stuff like that. That was awesome, man. I love that. We, we really appreciate coming back after and no matter how late it was, you know, the band is always supporting us. Uh, you yeah, know, the we, 3 a.m. Welcome Home bands whoosh. are like the integral part of my college experience. Well, I'm just going to shout out the band for that. Especially freshman year when when Tech was still in the whack and coming back from Hawaii there. or Fresno oh State God. or whatever. <laughs> Yeah, every welcome home band was at like yeah, 4 a.m. Yeah, they, it would eventually yeah. be at like 11 p.m. my sophomore year. And I just yeah. thought this isn't the same. It's not the same unless you have to stay up the entire you night. Youngsters had it easy. Yeah, but if, you, if you're having to get there at four in the morning to play, at what point do you start to sound like the band from, uh, from the SpongeBob episode when they first started practicing? Because you're so tired. But <laughs> Yeah. Oh, someone shows up with the bottle of mayonnaise, and yeah, it's about the same. Well, <laughs> true. Uh, 
I never went to the uh, Welcome Home Band stuff, but that game against SMU was incredible. And I realized that Sonny Ducks was basically his playbook was on the back of a Raising Cane's napkin. It was uh, <laughs> it was still incredible. But I mean, you also got to give SMU credit. You know, they had a uh, NFL wide receiver. They had um, they? had pretty good quarterback. They had a an okay running back. So they they had the tools. Who's the wide receiver? Um, Cortland Sutton. Oh. But, but we had Amik Robinson and uh, Jay Mar and Teddy Veal and a uh, whole bunch of guys, Deldrick Kenny, Jalen Ferguson, Russell Ferris. Sneed was still Sneed there. Sneed, too, yeah. Sneed and I are friends in spirit because I live in Kansas City, and he plays three miles from my house. There you go. So Shouts out Sneed. Only on home I games. Sent him a, a sh- yeah, I sent I, him a DM that said, if we're boys, don't respond to this. And he didn't. <laughs> uh, I feel pretty good about that. <laughs> Jumping back for a second, though, you mentioned your uh, celebration dance after the quarterback sack in the Hawaii Bowl. I, you mentioned it's on your Twitter. It's your pinned tweet, which is very easy to find. Um, but my favorite thing is after your dance, it immediately cuts to Skip Holtz wearing a lay, just calling, I guess, the next play <laughs> um, or however that works. He's talking to his microphone and just he's wearing a lay. What was it like? Playing under what is now the USFL Coach of the Year a, uh, for the Birmingham Stallions was a, back when he was at Tech. I, I don't think he was the first year. I think he was just the champion. Repeat champion. No, re, but they're about to repeat as well, champions. We'll, we'll this see. Weekend, yeah, I mean, probably. they're Although in the Jay, finals. We'll see if they Jay win Moore's the game or not. Reserves. I'll say, you know, no matter how much smack everybody wanted to talk during the day, Coach Holtz was a great coach. I mean, whenever you can have your head coach, like when you can see him – at church on Sundays, and you can freely talk to him. Or uh, when we're talking about football, we're, we're very serious. So uh, everybody can look at a one-point loss like, uh, oh, we should have had it. We should have beat um, South Carolina, we can't South Carolina UAB. But, <laughs> Charlie. but, but oh, Coach Holtz, I was, Coach Holtz oh, would break no. it down like, okay, <laughs> we didn't win the turnover battle. We didn't win special teams. So – Whenever we got done after a game, everything was so professional. Like, okay, we tried our best, but there's a lot of things that we could have done better. And Skip really cared about his players. He really uh, wanted everybody to reach out. He had a uh, leadership council. So it wasn't just the coaches trying to lead everybody. It was a small group of guys that everybody could turn to and say that uh, if we need something, we're going to go to you. And then you can go to the coaches. It was a good line of command. Um, and I'm also going to give credit because uh, credit is due to our assistant coaches. You know, we had the probably the greatest, and if he's listening to this, I'm not just trying to boost him up, greatest defensive line coach to ever live, uh, Coach Petrie. Because, he, you know, he coached The Rock, Warren Sapp, Jalen, uh, Milton, so many great guys that he coached. And Man. one of the things that he – <laughs> One of the great things that he did was, okay, you could, like, my sack, you know, he could look at my sack and probably give me a grade of 60 because he's looking at my steps. He's looking at, did I stay in my gap? He's looking at all the fundamentals that go into playing defensive line and made us so good as a defensive line as a unit. And I'm also going to give credit to our strength coach, who is now at Tulane, Coach Hester. Because he emphasized brotherhood. So something happened to your brother. You got to be there for your brother. You know, just like Jesus said, you got to love one another. So why we were so great during these golden years, 2015, 2018, you can either go on to 2019 because we looked out for each other. So if we made a mistake on the field, it wasn't like, uh, well, Charlie, you were in the wrong gap. What's wrong with you? 
they would say that, but it would encourage you that on the next play, you just need to be like, you know, Ted Lasso, like a goldfish. You forget everything. So uh, the support staff that Skip yeah. had and him himself as a coach, and I'm also going to give credit to Coach Blake Baker, who's now at uh, Mizzou, you know, Coach was, you know, he was great. So if, if you loafed, if you missed your assignment, you were held accountable for it. And uh, sometimes being held accountable wasn't uh, fun, if you know what I'm saying. But Skip Skip was very professional. He knows how to win games, and he cares about his players. So, um, you know, whatever anybody says during that time, you know, it's whatever because I truly feel like, um, you know, Skip did the best of his ability to be a great coach at Louisiana Tech, and now that's showing for the Birmingham State. Well, when I think back, I just yeah definitely had a lot negative to say about Skip towards the end. I was quite vitriolic, but wow, that's I mean just being honest. Uh, but by when you look back and you think, my lord, winning six ball games in a row is is ridiculous. Yeah. Making it to six well, it to games seven in a row, row. seven in a I mean, row was made to. I mean, it was just yeah, yeah. He didn't make a bowl game. It was his first year and his last, and uh, that, that is remarkable. And trust me, you know, sometimes it falls on coaching, but there are plenty of plays we could probably pull up that are our fault. So it's it's a uh, it's a double edged sword. You could you could blame it on us. You can blame it on Skip, but uh, Skip really put us in position every time to win. Whether you know was the bowl games or like, just look at our record against, uh, I know it's not a great record, but against power five teams, how well prepared we were to face South Carolina, LSU. Um, at the end of the day, that, that turns into, you know, we didn't have enough depth to hang with them for four quarters. You know, we can hang with them though. Yeah. And you mentioned the power five teams a second ago, and maybe, uh, one of those teams will be the answer to this. But I'm kind of curious, just having played in so many environments or on the road, just at these big, you know, you mentioned LSU, uh, the bowl games, et cetera. What do you think was the best stadium that you played in? Um, I, we'll exclude the Joe for now. We'll just assume the answer to that is the Joe <laughs> and then say the next favorite stadium that you played in. And what was your least favorite stadium ever to play in in terms of the fans or just the environment or maybe the visitor uh, locker rooms were just really bad. Uh, what do you, what, what is your best and least favorite? So my best, which we're going to have to give it to two schools here. And it's all, it's all in context. So LSU, because it was my dream forever to play at LSU. So having run out the tunnel and seeing the atmosphere of LSU was just incredible. This was a once in a lifetime thing, even though, you know, I was on the opposing team. Just being in that environment was electric. And especially when we turned it around when it was 24 nothing at halftime. And then we put them on the road 21 to 24, which we're not yeah. going to talk about the rest of that fourth <laughs> quarter. A close, a close runner up is probably North Texas that same year. So 2018, was, it was an electric oh, season. Man. What so a game, that game, dude. What a game. Uh, mean Joe Green was getting a statue. So we said, we don't right. care about your statue. Yeah. We're going to beat you. And it started off a little rough, but the defense had to buckle down, and then we blocked that field goal at the end. So, oh, my God. A meek. Yes. A meek. Yes. So, so during the game, the crowd was so hostile. The band was getting into it and everything. It was just an electric atmosphere, and it was just icing on the cake yeah. to like hold this 
turnover belt, which I'm going to tell a story about that after uh, this question, in front of their face and like, hey, guys, we beat y'all. <laughs> y'all, y'all may have got the one point victory the year before, but we own y'all in the stadium. Yeah, and they had, I mean, they were what, like 4 0? They're kind of like on the verge of being ranked every year. at that point. I think they beat Arkansas. They're good before they play us. It's every year. That's the thing. They, they had that, yeah, they had that weird, like, fake fair catch thing that happened, I think, and they beat Arkansas. But yeah, going in, you know, they think they're hot shit. They're giving me and Joe Green their, his statue, right? And y'all are like, nah, man. A meek had something to say, right? And and Jalen Ferguson had a bunch of sacks, I think, against uh, against Mason Fine, if he I remember set correctly. The uh, tech game record that game. Yeah, because I, I remember making a dumb meme of Jalen Ferguson <laughs> being in Mason Fine's yeah. dreams. <laughs> but, uh, we're stadium. It, it's a three way tie, and uh, I give credit. I give credit to UTSA because they're a lot better now. But it's a three way tie between Rice. UTEP and UTSA because when we went over there, not a soul was in the stands. So we just kind of had to create our own fan noise and uh, boost ourselves up when there was literally no one in the stands at UTEP, Rice, or UTSA. What's that is that UTEP's uh, stadium is scenically gorgeous. So that's too bad. The funniest part. Can, can you count mountains as attendance? No, no we're not going to count that. <laughs> funniest part is probably. Uh, while I was there, UTSA tried to make it a rivalry, and we were I remember just talking like, about. Yeah, they always tried to get chippy and stuff, man. It was it was weird. It was like y- y'all have had football for like three <laughs> yeah. minutes, man. I'll try to talk to them now. Yeah, because I, I I remember watching those UTSA games at the time and having grown up watching some Tulane games when they played at the Dome, and the environment when it comes to especially a domed stadium when it's that empty is just it feels weird it felt like a COVID era game before those games existed in terms of there are no fans in the stands but play anyway and it's just an awkward thing that's it feels like it's hard for the players to even do their normal thing because there's just no energy in the building either way it's tough, you know and, and it was kind of awkward when they scored it was 2018 and it was 31 to 3 and they scored the field goal and they shot the cannon and we were like <laughs> And <laughs> hey, we paid for this thing, <laughs> but I mean that UTSA all credit to them. They they have a beautiful stadium which is now full. Yeah, yeah. I mean they they definitely turned it around these last two years. But their fans on Twitter think they've been that way forever, which is real fun well, for us. Uh, uh, speaking of deluded um, fan bases, uh, you played against Uala, didn't you, Charlie? Unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's another thing that they're the, that they're the greatest thing since. Uh, the 1960s Packers God's gift to Louisiana or whatever they think. I think we should probably play them more uh, but I will I'm not trying to be cocky here but during my time I can use more wins. During my time at Louisiana Tech I don't think they they muster a win you know because 2015 we had Jeff Driscoll 16 we had um, Ryan Higgins 17 was Jamar 18 was Jamar and you know I'll give credit to, to Lafayette they had those years at Napier, and uh, one of my high school teammates was uh, playing for Lafayette, Alex Allen. And uh, they had a bunch of talent, but that was after my years there. So I think all I was there when they had HUD, I just don't think I mean, they were. 2015 was the last us. time we played. We've got a couple games coming up on the schedule in future years, but eight-game wins. Now streak it's a toss-up. Against the Raging Cavens. I can't, I can't really 
say because I, you know, I'm waiting to see how uh, Hank and uh, Sonny Cumbie and oh yeah, all those guys are going to do this season. Sure hope so. Yep. Hey, they they haven't beat us since what 1997 yep, or something exactly like that. Exactly. 1997, and they won by six oh, since I was yep. in kindergarten. That's fun. Well, in 1996, actually, we won the 97 game. So we lost 96, 37 to 31. Oh, okay. We won in 97, 63 to 24, and haven't lost. I was in preschool. We got some, <laughs> we got some good Louisiana streaks going. We know we got the uh, the Warhawks. We had you know we had played them since 2000. We uh, we got a long winning streak against them. Northwestern, we uh, beat oh, them God. pretty good in 2017. Ooh. I've no, <laughs> hey, I wasn't there, so I can't speak on that. Fair, yeah, fair enough. But hey, well, that takes me back to, um, you know, so you went to North Shore High, right? So 2014, right? You're in high school. But, you know, what was your recruitment like? I mean, I know you walked on at Tech, but were you in contact with the coaching staff or anything like that before deciding to come to Tech and walk on? So I had a bunch of Division Two offers and I was in contact with Coach Joe Sloan. So that's my guy. Um, and I also had a um, preferred walk on offer to LSU. So oh. after visiting these D2 schools, um, you know, they were practically teaching me the playbook on the uh, visit. And I was like, you know, it'd be nice to, you know, dominate Division II, but everybody has their dream to play Division I college football. And, you know, even though it's walking on, you know, I have an opportunity to go to two of the premier schools in Louisiana. So um, when making my decision, I said, yeah, you know, I could potentially win a national championship at LSU, live my dream, and just have a jersey saying that I played at LSU. And that would be great. And, you know, I can tell everybody, yeah, I played at LSU, played with Leonard Fournette, played with all these guys. But wouldn't you want to cement your legacy and go to a smaller school that competes, that puts Power 5 teams on the ropes and – uh have an opportunity to actually have stats and be in the record book forever. So even those two years that I was redshirting, it was always my goal to, to, to get a sack, to be in the record book, because that's what I came here to, to, to do, to play, to, you know, yeah. earn a scholarship. You know, I didn't just come to um, you know, ride the bench. So after thinking about all that, I said, yeah, uh, never having been to Ruston, Louisiana, just on off of uh, the conversation with Coach Sloan and uh, Coach Baker looking at my film, I said, Louisiana Tech's home. So, you know, I go up there and and uh, everybody makes me feel at home. It was like a little family. So it just felt like a no-brainer decision. And at the end of the day, you know, I don't regret choosing Louisiana Tech, you know, because Louisiana Tech's always going to be home to me. For us all. Yeah, man. That's, yeah, that's, that's for sure. Yeah, it's just like going back there is like, no riding a bike, man. It just feels right. You get back and you're just yeah. like, yep. yep. Get me back in the gym. Yeah, unlike riding a bike, there's like new construction yeah. every week. Like there's a Panda Express <laughs> in town now and stuff like that. Oh, is there something that um is there something that whenever you you're back in Ruston you need to make sure you go to a restaurant or or a store or something like that 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 reminds you of when you were uh, just living and I'm definitely and going back Ruston? to either the Lady of the Mist or the stadium. Those were like places I'd love to think. And uh, there are so many great memories even to this day that I have at the Lady of the Mist or I have uh, at the stadium. You know, just thinking on uh, everything that, that I accomplished, all the legends that uh, came through and being a part of that legacy, you know, it's, it's just something that's pretty close to my heart, you know. Yeah, yeah man, that's awesome. Um, love the Lady of the Mist. 
Love the stadium. You have to jump. You have to jump into the lady, the miss. But so not head first. It, it's a it's must. not as deep as it seems. <laughs> no, they got to put no diving signs <laughs> no. in there. Um, I, I, I had something else to ask, but yeah, I forgot. So yeah, I'll cover for you. Uh, you mentioned a second ago. I don't think we got the full story though. Uh, you shared a picture with uh, Courtney, who shared a picture with the rest of the group. Uh, but you were in possession of a turnover belt, I believe, right? I am. So. Um, off the heels of a victory, a tight victory against South Alabama. And for years, defense, well, we're one of the most stout defenses. And every year or every game, we would have a turnover. But every time we got a turnover, it was just like, yeah, you know, we got over. So Coach Baker's like, hey, we need some type of way to celebrate our turnovers. So I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I'm like, uh, yeah, Alabama, they have a turnover belt. I always grew up a wrestling fan, so I had an extra wrestling belt. So I said, hey, coach, we can use this this belt, and it could be our turnover belt. So I go to the equipment staff, and I was like, hey, you know, let's, let's make this pretty. So we break it out for the Southern game. And uh, at first, before the game started, we had the red T on the turnover belt. So Coach Holtz puts a uh, hype video up. And announces we're bringing back the white tee. I go in the locker room. I'm like, okay, we need the white tee on the turnover <laughs> belt if this is going to be like our our debut. So I think the first person ever is uh, um, Ames. Uh, I'm trying to remember. He played linebacker. Um, he gets the uh, first turnover with the turnover belt. And in that same game, uh, I get a sack. Actually, I got two sacks. But one of the sacks didn't count because it was a quarterback draw. And uh, mm. after I got the news of that, I was like, well, I don't know if it's quarterback draw or not. <laughs> you just so, trying to tackle you know, him, man, right? You don't care what he's trying to do. <laughs> I go on the sideline and, and holding up something that, uh, you know, we just created. It was pretty great. So we go to the LSU game, and everybody's talking about Joe Burrow. Uh, I love Joe Burrow, by the way, but Joe Burrow's not going to slide. He's, uh, you know, he's invincible quarterback he's never had a turnover in college so like okay all right that's cool um jalen strips him and he gets his first turnover and uh we hold up the turnover belt so every game that season we've held up the turnover belt and then it became a defensive line thing you know whenever somebody got a sack which we got a lot of them everybody would hold up the turnover belt so we get to hawaii jalen gets his 45th sack and he holds up turnover belt it's something that will forever live on you know even if the record gets broken that you know this is a part of probably the greatest louisiana tech uh, defense of the modern yeah. era you, know? you were talking about statues earlier i mean i don't think it's far-fetched to think that fur could have a statue out in front of the joe one day hell yeah man they're they're actually building a statue like a they're building a place to put statues in that new um, plaza they're putting in the north end zone, too. So, I mean, it's going to look so great when it's done. Oh, man. Yeah. But uh, for, I, I know Joe IA is going to get one and uh, Lamp Maxie is going to get one probably. But so if, uh, I, guess Terry, I guess Terry will get one, but Ferg should get one, too. So, if uh, Dr. Wood is listening, um, I'm willing to give up this. Uh, very valuable piece of Louisiana Tech history from 2018 to not only honor that great defense, but uh, honor Jalen and honor all my teammates from that defensive line and 
really give it back to the school because you know something like that doesn't belong so you, at my so house. You had just the last sack, up, you know? basically. So you got to keep it. Is that well? Uh, how that work? I was I was the carrier since I I created it, and uh, 2019 uh, we got a, a new defensive coordinator, and I, I tried to relinquish uh, it, and uh, uh, he wanted to do something a little different. So I've always wanted to give it back to the school. I just never had that opportunity, yeah, 20... and now I feel like uh, this is the best time to do it. But uh, you know that year we were ranked 27th, and uh, you know the, the guys in the secondary. They were phenomenal. The guys in the linebacking mm-hmm. core were phenomenal. I mean, everybody on the defense line, you know, including guys like Jordan Bradford, Matt Yadarga, uh, Keontae Gardner, um, Darion Mason, Courtney Wallace. I mean, the list goes on. Dante Davenport. Um, right. There were so many guys that you could just plug in there and we would be successful. Now, I think that was, we had like, I want to say 45 or 48 sacks total as a defense. It's a testament to uh, everything that Coach Petrie taught us, everything that we uh, learned from Coach Baker. Um, it was phenomenal. Well, we'll see what, what happens in the future. Those were better days. Single tier. Yeah. I mean, so, so you know, you live pretty close by. I know Nathan and Courtney met you last year at homecoming. You know, what's what's your thoughts on the current team? I know you're not in that locker room, but – you know, Coach Cumbie entering year two. You got high hopes, or are you kind of still waiting to see? I have high hopes for Coach Cumbie. Uh, I think his offensive scheme is really going to you know, put some points on the board. I am a tad bit worried from watching this free game about uh, defense, but uh, I'm hoping that coaching staff, I don't really know them, they get back to uh, fundamentals and they uh, just get back to the basics and we're able to stop the rushing attack because – Past few years, the rushing attack has really uh, dug into us, and um, you know we always gonna we're always gonna have talent, but it's always about the fundamentals, keeping your gap, um, staying square, keeping the base. Uh, I'm sounding like a defensive line coach, but uh, those things are very important to to win those games. So you know I'm I'm pretty hopeful that we're gonna get back to uh, a bowl game at least, or uh, at least compete for a conference championship because. Uh, I like I like what I saw from the team because being there, you don't just look at the X's and O's. You look at how these guys are treating everybody, and and um, everybody's treating everybody with respect, and uh, they're very loving. And uh, I really I'm going to give credit to Coach Sonny for being a role model and uh, modeling his players uh, to a certain standard. Because uh, you know I'm not old enough to be called sir, but all these guys are calling me sir, and uh, Found that was pretty great. Well, looking at this here, so you redshirted your first year on campus and then played three years and graduated in four. So you still have a year of eligibility left, right? Like if the defense is that bad, you could just suit back up and, and you know, record a couple more sacks, right? Technically, but uh, I retired at the right time, you know, riding, riding out in the sunset. Yeah, so I think we're about near the end here of, of this episode. Is there any other story or any other something that's popped in your head that you want to make sure you get out uh, before we wrap this up? Um, all I want to say is, you know, no matter who you are in the spirit of, of Jesus and loving one another, uh, if you were my teammate, you're always my teammate, you know, no matter what happened, you're always going to be my teammate. I'm always going to love you. Um, I think now is the perfect time for everybody to continue to reach out, continue to keep that bulldog brotherhood going and continue to support our current bulldogs because you know, they need it too. And we need to get back to the 20,000 seat games Mm. and uh, 
you know, I just want to um, shout out all my teammates because I wouldn't be here talking to y'all without them. So, hell yeah, man. You know, football season, it's June right now, but we're, I guess we're under two months from the first game because the first game is in August. So, you know, everybody make sure you look at tickets. Season tickets are on sale and all that stuff. So, you know, uh, make sure you go support, like Charlie said, the current Bulldogs. And, uh, you know, obviously past Bulldogs are always Bulldogs, right? So uh, it's a big it's a big family. Um, and, you know, obviously we all love tech. So one last um, thing. Yeah, man, it was great to talk to you, Charlie. Um, yeah, I know all the sports, Louisiana Tech, they don't really get a lot of recognition. So uh, this is my moment to say thank you to any other past Louisiana Tech athlete because you're as important as we are to Louisiana Tech and to just showing how great a university it is, how great athletes we got. And, you know, I just want to put that out there because we're all family no matter who it is. That's one one of my favorite things about doing this podcast has been following some of the non-money sports um, and and kind of getting some more knowledge about those things that even when I was on yeah. campus, I didn't hear much about and to kind of <laughs> trying to learn how to explain the tennis team. Yeah. Still, <laughs> still that got that. All right. That's a work in progress. <laughs> tennis. We'll, we'll see you in it in a few months, but yeah. Uh, softball. We got bowling. Yeah. We eventually got, but yeah, the yeah, bowling took a minute, but we figured it out. Don't man. forget cross country <laughs> and cross country. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, it's a lot of fun to, you know, follow them all. So yeah, hopefully in this this upcoming year, every team has success. That's that's all we can really hope for. Um, just like we can hope that you also have success uh, moving forward, Charlie. Um, I know at, on Twitter you're at the Legacy Fifty Eight. Is there anything else you want to like plug or or request that people follow or or anything like that before we really wrap this up? Oh, I think uh, like I'm all good. Just uh, support our dogs and. Uh, you need to be good people and love one another. Well, thanks so much for joining, Charlie. Um, hopefully, we can have you on again in the future. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah be I'd fun. be happy. I mean, to come we'll back. have to have you on to like break down some some game stuff for us because we we're fans, right? But we don't know all the the X and O stuff and like especially what's going on down there in the trenches. So I think it'd be cool to have you come in and like you know talk about what we're seeing on the defensive line and stuff. Maybe a couple games into the into the uh, season. Yeah, I'd love all to. Right. All right, yeah, so that brings us to this week's Tweet of the Week. We're recording this, I mean, a, a week late, I guess. We we skipped this past week, uh, but after our interview with Charlie, Evan, what's this week's Tweet of the Week? Yeah, we referenced it a couple times uh, during the show, but this week's Tweet of the Week is going to go to at the Legacy 58 our boy Charlie Adiola, who uh, on December 23rd, 2018, tweeted his sack dance celebration from ESPN National TV. Um, so that goes, uh, and also skip in the way shout out to skip. Um, so that's going to be the tweet of the week to pair up with our, uh, interview that y'all just heard. So check that out. Yeah. And speaking of things to check out, that about wraps it up for this episode of the go tech, please don't die podcast. Uh, the things you'll check out, I'll get to in a second. Uh, as always, you can follow us on Twitter at G O T E C H P L S D N T D I E or Head to our blog, check out our blog, gtpdd.dog, where you can check out this week's show of the month, add it to your cart, and then check out. It's a Pride-themed Band of Pride shirt. Uh, still the shirt of, month, shirt of the month for a couple more days, 
uh, depending on when exactly this comes out, uh, may only be one more day before it loses its June shirt of the month status and becomes $5 more expensive. Either way, a dollar of which goes to the Trevor Project, and there are several different, I believe five total different pride flags uh, as a possibility for the shirt or tank top design. There's a men's style tank and a women's style tank. So if you're on the fence, go ahead and get it now before it goes up in price. GTPDD.dog slash shop. Or if you want to wait till July, you can see what the July shirt is and then get that one as well. Or get both, you know, just buy all the shirts, I think is what my moral of the yeah. story is. Just buy every single shirt we have in the store. That's It'll one way to get our attention. One of each size, too. Yeah. <laughs> I'll think something has gone horribly wrong um, yeah. and be very, very confused. Uh, make me confused at gtpdd.dog <laughs> slash shop. And until next time, I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. Don't know what happened to Matt, but... And I'm Matt. And go tech. Please don't die. Good Matt impression. My favorite thing was before the football team would arrive, we used to stand there and like bounce our sound off of the uh, the big tall... Uh, Nielsen and Carruthers that have since been torn down a long time ago, but uh, <laughs> we would just we would just like play directly at those and then stop and listen to the sound bounce. So we were probably pissing hey, everybody off because we had to be at the awake. demise of those buildings. I'm laughing at you saying R.I.P. at two buildings. Okay, well I've told the story before, but <laughs> Charles never heard it. That when my brother moved into Mitchell. I was settling off campus. We went over to investigate and warded off by feral dogs. So hopefully the feral dogs wow. aren't in the general area. Hopefully anymore. they were spooked by Evan's loud playing. Yes, reverberating off the <laughs> off the wall.